All right, welcome back to Radio Wasteland, the best in paranormal talk radio. I'm your host, Chauncey Hallworth. This is my co-host, Kara Kittrick. Hello. Kara, do you have any news for us today? Yes, I do. I've got a lot of real deal type news this week, less in the way of Bigfoot sightings and hauntings and more in the way of conspiracy realness. So let's dive in. The Guardian recently repeated. Uh, released a piece on the many challenges of being a black Dominican in a field that is dominated by white people, ufology. The piece went into the 2018 controversy over a top MUFON official who was disavowed by many of his peers after expressing racist far-right views on social media. Is everyone truly welcome in the UFO community? Sort of, the piece concludes. It just depends on who you talk to. Uh, a recent poll reveals that perceptions of coronavirus as dangerous or not is strongly correlated to political affiliations. About 4 in 10 Democrats say coronavirus is an, immediate, is an imminent threat compared to 2 in 10 Republicans. Approximately 40% of Democrats say they haven't changed their routines as a result of coronavirus compared to 54% of Republicans. In the poll, almost everyone surveyed said their opinion on the matter was not affected by their politics. Clearly. Along the same lines, the leader of the Italian Democratic Party now says that he has coronavirus. The Democratic Party is currently in power in the Italian government. And in Maryland, news came out recently that a man now confirmed to have coronavirus attended the Conservative Political Action Conference while he was ill. This conference is attended by basically everyone of any significance on the right, including the president and vice president, although there is no evidence that our leaders were actually exposed. And uh, finally, oil prices have collapsed by the largest amount since 1991, as Saudi Arabia plans to flood the market with cheap oil after the failure of an agreement with Russia. This has predictably caused financial chaos in the stock market, but is maybe not particularly bad news for anyone who, who, like most Americans, owns a car but doesn't own any stocks. Back to you, Chauncey. Uh, I'm a little surprised, I guess. I, I never really thought about racism in the UFO community. Yeah, well, so it was interesting. I was looking up UFOs, and there weren't really any new sightings last week, but it was because like, like The Guardian's a real newspaper. So it was interesting to me to see, like, an expose on this topic that I'd never thought about. But, hey, I'm white. Of course, I've never thought about it. Right? Well, I, I, I like how these <laughs> newspapers don't, like, credibly cover ufology unless, you know, there's some sort of... Right. No, yeah. You know, which, I mean, I makes sense to me. Don't get me wrong. I, Although I totally they kind of have been covered, like, in the last few years, that's kind of changed. Yeah, you know, with a little bit, a little bit UFO coverage in like the New York Times and the Washington Post and stuff. Well, traditionally, um, but traditionally, you're absolutely right. Yeah. UFO articles in mainstream media have a couple of snarky lines. I'm guessing this yes. one had no snark. No, it, it really didn't. It was basically just like, hey, my here's, you know, it was more of a personal essay, really. Like, here's the experience my dad had in the UFO community. Right. So, huh, that's wild. You know, I wonder if that has to do with any of the political um, associations that conspiracy theories tend to have, you know, right. Uh, personally, I find it, you know, uh, a little difficult being a um, liberally minded guy in the mm -hmm. UFO community. There seems to be a lot 
um, that aren't, but we've made a lot of connections that are, of course. Right. With, yeah. I, and there's definitely like clicks, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, kind of William Pullen was talking about that a little and everything he's told us about the UFO community, it makes, it makes it sound like, yeah, the UFO community is really hard for anyone who has like slightly different views on what the UFO right. community yeah. is. So if you have like a different background or a different race, I can imagine that would be hard. And he's also pointed out to us that the uh, polarization of politics has made its way into the UFO community. Absolutely. And that yeah. practically every UFO conversation tends to get shut down because politics gets right. brought it, it up. It devolves into that. Right. Yeah. As we all know, all the aliens are centrists or whatever. Or, right. you know, they're <laughs> progressives from Mars. Like, right. like, what do they care about our political stuff? But, right. you know, it's... You know, I, I don't care what the, <laughs> I don't care what the political view of my hamburger is. And they probably don't care about us. either. You, they're just here. Oh, to eat I get us. it. I was like, are you eating the aliens? No, they're, no, here they're, to eat they're us. eating us. How yeah. to serve man and all that. I get it. I find it hard to believe that the praying mantis one is a vegetarian. True. I mean, I, I agree. And then a coronavirus. There's no getting away from coronavirus. Um yeah, okay, you know, so, everyone so, else is covering this too, but right. Like, so the pandemic, we got the percentages um, that you just gave me. I'm going to ask you to give me those again. Yeah. Um, what was it? So four in 10 Democrats say coronavirus is an imminent threat compared to two in 10 Republicans. So twice uh, as many. And interestingly, those numbers are still both lower, much lower than I thought. Like, right. It's still less than a majority in both parties. Right. But I feel like the follow up statistic was contradictory to that. It kind of was. And, you know, that's always a thing with polling. It depends on how you ask the question. Well, it seems like four in 10 Democrats think it's an issue, while two in 10 Republicans think it's an issue. But less Democrats are changing their life about it and more Republicans are. Oh, so the follow up statistic was 40 percent haven't changed their routines. Okay. Of Democrats, but fifty-four percent say oh, say they haven't changed their routines. It was weirded kind of weirdly. I see. I or see. Worded kind of weirdly. Yeah. But so basically, more than half of Republicans haven't changed their routines, and a little less than half of Democrats haven't changed their routines. You know, it makes you wonder if, um, you know, because the the automatic response to it to this is that oh it's the president's fault or it's the government's fault sure. it's the information coming from the white house and uh, you know that was the automatic thing that i jumped to as well mm -hmm. but now that i think about it it also might have to do with uh what you done looking at yourself no all right i will never be done looking <laughs> for the camera um it also might have to do with uh the location of these people yeah, and that's you know, possible. because I live in a pretty rural area and I do feel a little less threatened. I think if I were to mm. live in New York City yeah. or live in a big city, I think I would be chronically more apt to yeah, be terrified. Yeah, you'd be more worried. And more to the point, the West Coast has been hit very hard. Right. The East Coast is just starting to get it. Florida's just starting to get it. It's right. hardly in the South. It's hardly in, you know, the, the Southwest. Mm. So I imagine that affects it too. But also just when you look at media, right-wing media has tended to downplay the significance of the virus. Right. right. And I would say, you know, not 
left wing, but like more mainstream media, I think has tended to be a little more hysterical about it. Like, I think, right, yeah, I, I think yeah. you know, just watching the evening news, it's like, yeah, okay, I agree. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's all they're well, talking Well, you've been about, staying right? with us for the past yeah. couple of weeks, and every night we watch the news, and you know, the, the first thing that comes it's up is the death toll. Yeah, you it's know, always, all about you know, the death the, toll, the same stock footage of the crews. Right. And then the same stock footage of, you know, President of the Trump nurses and, carrying the sheets as they're yeah. pushing people out. And exactly. Crazy. So, you know, I, I think it also really depends on where you get your news source. But like compare that way on the other side, Rush Limbaugh said the coronavirus is just the common cold. And it's, right. you know, a conspiracy. And Trump to told people to go the, to work. The president. Right. Right. Yeah. And, right. So <laughs> which is know. I mean, that's I would argue more wrong probably than than being hyperbolic about so i'm gonna put this out there to the audience out there uh regardless of which side of the aisle you're on your side is not doing a very good job yes of relaying smart information you know i saw um uh, what's his name? Neil deGrasse Tyson i Mm -hmm. saw Neil deGrasse Tyson on uh, Stephen Colbert and he was asked you know what his take on the coronavirus was and he because basically he has any training in medicine or anything related. He, of course, put that out there. He said, <laughs> you know, I'm a well-read scientist, but of course I'm an astrophysicist and this is not my field of exactly of expertise. But he said his view was of the coronavirus that we are going through a very large experiment right now. And the experiment is when life and death is on the line, will people listen to scientists? Which, of course, obviously, no. Well, some of them might. Uh, you know, do you? I mean. As much as you can. You know, yeah, what one person can do, <laughs> another can do. You know, they might. They might. Fear is a great motivator. I don't know of any specific advice from scientists on this topic. That Wash I your damn hands. Have. Yeah, I mean, I've been washing. I. I washed my hands before it was cool. Yeah, yeah. I washed my hands before there was coronavirus. Totally. I was so. a shut in before it was cool. So, yeah, you know, I, you know, see on the news it's like, oh, my God, they want us to wash our hands. Uh, right. Look down on my hands and they're like covered in ants and stuff. Right. Just, like, totally. Watched but I've news. been saving that. Yeah, exactly. That was the one time that I shook hands with that one person I cared about. <laughs> Uh, and then the Italian leader getting coronavirus. That's pretty yeah, it's, it's a big deal. And it's it's hitting Italy really hard. Um, and as much as this pains me, I think we got to throw a bone to Ted Cruz because Ted Cruz was at that same CPAC thing that the president. Of oh, Vice everyone president was at it. I mean, at. but self uh, Ted Cruz is a self quarantining. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there, there's a pun floating out there somewhere about. Ted Cruz and also people on cruises. Oh yeah. And I yeah, don't totally. I don't want to bother trying to formulate it. Right. But just come up with your own pun listeners. It'll it'll be good, I promise. Right. And you can throw in a little something about yeah. hiding out until he's finally able to grow in a mustache if you want. <laughs> he's got a beard with no mustache. Really? Because he, he can't does? do it. Yeah, his mustache is So you know. he's rocking like the sort of prospector or like mountain man kind of vibe. Totally. The yeah. Jebediah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I, I don't know what that's called. I just call it the Jebediah. Yeah. I assume there's not a lot of Mennonite listeners, so I guess we can mock that all we want. Do Mennonites <laughs> listen to the radio? One of them listens to the radio. It's a silly look. That's Do you what think I'm Mennonites saying. believe in Nibiru? I feel like 
they would if they had heard about it. Right. I feel like they're a ripe audience for Nibiru that ought to be exploited, probably. You just need to make, like, pamphlets. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then, uh, finally, oil prices going down. It's yeah. hard It's hard not to think that these oil prices are also connected to coronavirus. They are a little but, bit, yeah. But um, that they're also, because, of course, people aren't traveling. Mm-hmm. You know, therefore, oil's getting spent less. But at the same time, you know, people are more apt to... Um, have stuff delivered yeah you know so maybe that'll bring it back up but this is also something that's been in the works though there's been talks between russia and opec for a while and basically these talks just collapsed and so now saudi arabia saying well screw you we're just gonna sell our oil for as cheap as we can right we don't have an agreement anymore and that's you know that's what's happening i can't help but to think that um there is some sort of lowering of the price in order to slow the progression of more eco-friendly energy. It's possible. Uh, you know, but I often think about... It's also it's about, bad for oil producing companies or countries, though, when the price is lowered. I mean... Yeah, but it's Venezuela also bad if it goes away and is low forever. True, yeah. You know. Yeah, Venezuela is not doing good. It is not, but it was doing pretty well until oil prices crashed. And because it was doing well until they elected Bernie Sanders, <laughs> is what it was. Yeah, it's just <laughs> Bernie Sanders wearing a Maduro mask. Right. We all yeah, know this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of those comedy shows was uh, saying that Bernie Sanders' running mate was going to be the uh, ghost of Fidel Castro. Which I'd vote for. Which I thought was pretty dang funny <laughs> you know well I've, he said he wouldn't have a running mate who didn't agree with him on medicare for all right so i think that kind of leaves um warren maybe warren yeah yeah or the ghost of fidel castro <laughs> the ghost of fidel castro <laughs> yeah yeah all who right i well, imagine is all in for medicare for all We'll see if these uh, prices lower, because now when I live, uh, you know, I mean, if I want to do a drive through fast food place, I got to drive to like Medford. There's what Taco Bell here in Ashland. There's nothing else. There's Wendy's. It's not, I don't think it's drive through. Uh, maybe not. Who makes a Wendy's that's not drive through? Yeah, it's got to be drive through. I don't know. All right. Chime in, listeners. Is Wendy's a drive through? <laughs> we want conspiracy. to hear from you. <laughs> this is what gas makes me think of. Strife in the Middle East makes me think of my drive through uh, yeah. eating situation. All right. Uh, you're listening to Radio Wasteland. When we come back, we will be talking about black eyed children. All right, welcome back to Radio Wasteland. Here this evening, Kara and I will be talking about black-eyed children. Kara's done a little research, and uh, she's going to answer some of my pressing questions to the best of her ability. Yeah, just uh, urban legend monsters in general. But yeah, Yeah, that's true. We're going to cover skinwalkers later, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, you know, black-eyed children didn't really come to me. uh, Well, I 
I guess that sounds crazy. <laughs> they started coming to me when I. You well, know, that is what black when I had that aneurysm. Do, so, <laughs> you know, uh, no, I saw it in movies first being a, really being a horror movie fan. I saw a couple of movies mm-hmm. with black eyed children in it. Um, maybe not specifically black eyed children, but the concept of the hooded uh, kid in a hoodie coming right. to the door, knocking, disappearing. Well, there was a stuff. 2012 movie called The Black Eyed Kids. Yeah, this was not called that, though. Okay. This was so uh, like shut the movies. door or something shut. ridiculous. Interesting. I wasn't aware that there were actually a lot of other movies that kind of covered the concept. But Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if a lot, but a couple few, you know, a couple. Yeah, few. well, that's more than I thought. And, uh, you know, I, I thought it was really cool and really interesting, but I had the same concern while watching it that I have in in real life. And that is. What the hell would these things even be? You know, sure. it seems like a pretty far fetched, weird concept. It's it's like the ring, you mm-hmm. know, a haunted videotape. I mean, sure, when you're wrapped up in the uh, suspension of disbelief of watching the film, you can get in there. But like, if you take a step back, you're all like, what do ghosts know about videotapes? Sure. You know, and like, why does it have to work in the VCR? I mean, if it just haunted the thing, couldn't it? Well, I think there are some some differences there, because I don't know that there's anything about modern black eyed children that's like culturally specific to modern times. I think it's like kids on their own outside in hoodies. I don't know. I find I find it weird. I find it weird. So what do we think that these things might be? So there's a lot of different theories. It ranges from, you know, aliens to vampires to ghosts to demons, etc. It kind of, you know, it kind of depends on like what what your worldview is, frankly, when you're looking at, at how at how you're coming to the story. But I, I think a lot of the phenom- the explanations are like generally spiritual in nature right. because one of the hallmarks of the black eyed children is that they like require some form of invitation or something like that to come in or to start knocking at your door. Uh, well, to come in I see. and that seems to be generally what they're after and they get very upset when they're denied. It. So, and, and that's like the hallmark of basically every black eyed children's story. Uh, can I just like walk you through Yeah. the, so here's the first like, ever black eyed children's story basically right. comes from 1996 a texas journalist called brian bethel so he's sitting in a theater parking lot in his car he's using the light of the theater marquee to write a check i crack the window a bit he says anticipating a spiel for money these two children have just approached him but i was immediately gripped by an incomprehensible soul-wracking fear i had no idea why A conversation ensued between one boy, a somewhat suave, olive-skinned, curly-headed young man, and myself. The other, a red-headed, pale-skinned, freckled young man, stayed in the background. The spokesman, as I've come to think of him, told me that he and his companion needed a ride. They wanted to see a movie, Mortal Kombat, but they had left their money at their mother's house. Could I give them a ride? Plausible enough. But all throughout this exchange, the irrational fear continued and grew. I had no reason to be frightened of these two boys, but I was. Terribly. After a bit more conversation, I looked up at the theater marquee and down at the digital clock display in my car. Mortal Kombat's last show of the night had already started. By the time I could have driven the boys anywhere and back, it would have practically been been over. All the while, the spokesman uttered assurances. It wouldn't take long. They were just two little kids. They didn't have a gun or anything. 
That last part was a little unnerving. I noticed that the kids said this. The kids. Yes. The kids were explaining to him. What are you afraid of? We don't have a gun. We're just two little kids. Okay, continue. <laughs> Which is uh, <laughs> not how I usually go about right, reassuring yeah, yeah, people, but yeah. different strokes, I guess. I noticed that my hand had strayed toward the lock on the door. I pulled it away, perhaps a little too violently. In the short time I had broken the gaze of the spokesman, something had changed, and my mind exploded in a vortex of all-consuming terror. Ah. Uh, both boys stared at me with coal-black eyes, the sort of eyes one sees these days on aliens or bargain-basement vampires on late-night television, soulless orbs like two great swaths of starless night. I did what I feel any rational person would do. I full-on freaked out inside while trying to appear completely sane and calm. I apologized to the kids. I made whatever excuse came to mind, all of them designed to get me out of there fast. Uh, I wrapped my hand around the gear shift, threw the car into reverse, and began to roll up the window, apologizing all the while. The spokesman banged sharply on the window as I rolled it up. His words full of anger echo in my mind even today. We can't come in unless you tell us it's okay. Let us in. And, yeah. So, he drives away. The encounter ends. He doesn't see them again. How young are we talking, or... Or do we know? Um, he doesn't say in this particular encounter, but generally we're talking 10, 12. Tweenager. Yeah, exactly. Tweenager. Yeah. A little younger sometimes, a little older sometimes. Usually there's like varying ages in a group. Right. Usually like the spoke. Usually there's one who talks and the others don't. That's that's a big thing. And usually that one's a little older. So there are thousands of these stories online and they all right. follow generally the same pattern. They're just doing something innocuous. They're approached by usually multiple black eyed children, sometimes just one. They have some, you know, minor request, but they feel, re but the person feels really uneasy about granting it and they don't know why. And then they see that, you know, these kids have these black eyes and they freak out. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I feel that's how these stories go. Yeah. I feel, um, that, uh, you know, when when you listen to these things, you try to you try to take apart what they're saying. And uh, sure. And the only thing that was throwing me off there. OK, so he said one thing that threw me off and one mm -hmm. thing that made sense. One thing that threw me off was he got a little poetic about how black their eyes were. Well, so this was written in a newspaper. This wasn't public. He this guy originally published this account in like. Well, like the first mention of it was in 1997 on a message board, and it was not poetic there. This was published in 2013, him reiterating the encounter and going right. through it in more detail. So he had so some that's time why. to hit a thesaurus. He had, yeah, right. and this guy is a reporter. Um, oh, who this happened to? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, and this for me is one of the big That reasons. explains the eloquence, I guess. Yeah. Well, this is, for me, one thing that makes me skeptical of this entire phenomenon is there are very few reports of this before 1996, none of which, as far as I can tell, were reported on prior to that time. You know, there's people now saying, hey, this happened to me in the 80s, but they didn't say anything at the time. And right. this guy is a reporter and he is specifically like a spirituality reporter writer person right so the fact that that these sightings appeared all of a sudden in 1996 and you know now there's 
thousands and thousands of sightings. It's it's a big deal. You can go on the internet and you can find tons of these sightings, but they're pretty much all anonymous. Right. Um, you know, I hadn't really, you know, uh, well, w- the one thing that he said, I I guess I should finish what I was saying that yeah. that I identified with is when he said he did what any rational person would do. I was sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, what's that? And he's all got absolutely terrified and got out of there. I'm all, OK. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that's reasonable. That's pretty accurate. You yeah. Know? Didn't try to have a conversation with them, see what's up, you know, mm-hmm. where's your mommy or something like that, you know. Um, uh, we're about to go to break here, but uh, my wife does something really funny now when she hits uh, Spangers or or anything like that. She um, she says, no, thank you. So, like, they'll be all, hey, can you spare a dollar? And she's just all, oh, no, thank you. And, like, goes in. And by the time they recover from the weirdness of whatever she just said to him, she's long gone and, and out of the I situation. decline your offer to give you a dollar. And her other thing is when people approach her in a parking lot, she straight up tells them, um, it makes me uncomfortable when people approach me in parking lots. And, like, you could get, like, the dirtiest, craziest homeless dude. And if she says that to him, he's all, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And like, we'll slink away. You know, there's something about funny. the word uncomfortable that makes people, you're making me uncomfortable and it makes them just back right down, it seems. So uh, yeah. use that with your black eyed <laughs> yeah. children. Pro tips. All right. Sounds like we're about to explode and it is time for a commercial. That's just the Illuminati shutting us down. It is. You're listening to Radio Wasteland. Come on back for some more black eyed children. All right, welcome back to Radio Wasteland. Uh, it's Chauncey, it's Kara, and we're talking about black-eyed children. You know, yes, before we, we went to the break, we talked about the first big one. Right. The first, had this guy ever heard of this happening to anybody before? Is this guy literally the inception of when this first hit the mainstream? Because you were it, saying people in the 80s like said, oh, that happened to me. But does that mean that they came out of the woodwork after the fact? Well, I think that is what we're supposed to believe that they never mentioned it until black eyed children became like a thing. Right. But there's, there's no indication that this guy ever heard of this happening to anyone else before, before it happened to him. What he says is he posted on message board and pretty quickly he got tons and tons of emails of people saying, Oh, I've seen these things. This happened to me, all that kind of thing. It so. It is one of those things. that's hard for me to reconcile with paranormal that there are dates when things start especially when yes. it comes to spiritual stuff yes you know why would you know is that like when the hell mouth was opened in Sunnyvale, <laughs> or like what was going on there i think that might have been the first season of buffy the vampire slayer yeah which you know, is in like, fact the hell mouth does open at the end of the season so right? that could that could be why <laughs> don't act like i don't know these things that that was the reference you were making. <laughs> that was the reference I was making. I get it. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, uh, earlier we were talking a little bit about what we think that they might be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, extraterrestrials never crossed my mind. Yeah. But that one actually makes sense that, you know, they need well, to get a sweater, sim- <laughs> cover their weird heads. Yeah, there's and, some similarity uh, just to grays, right? You know, they got the big black eyes and they're small. Right. So, um. There's some similarities to like fae legends, which oh, people yeah. uh, 
think, you know, maybe we're inspired by grace. You know, ufologists tend to think that kind of thing, like abductions and all. That's kind of, that's what the Fae do. The Fae are supposed to be small like children, and they are sometimes described as having these pitch black eyes. Hmm. So that's a possibility. I think it's difficult for me to say that that's what's going on, though, because of their weird thing where they ask for permission. Right. That, to me, seems like it has straight-up roots in, like, demonic sort of the occult, that kind of thing. Right. Um, Because that's like a a demon trademark. You're not supposed to interact with them or, or, you know, they gain a foothold in your mind or whatever. Sure. Um, So that's kind of what it sounds like to me. People have suggested vampires. I think that's a joking thing. Like, A, I don't think there are a lot of people who really believe in vampires, and B, the whole vampires need an invitation thing invented by Hollywood. There's a sort right. of similarity in folklore, but it's not. Yeah. It's not really. So I, I think we can discount that one. They're not vampires. You know, I don't know who said it or if it's from the Bible. I don't think it's from the Bible. I personally, I think, got it from the movie The Devil's Advocate. But sure. the greatest trick the ever, the devil, the devil ever pulled was convincing man that he didn't exist. Oh, that's not from The Devil's Advocate. That's from uh, The Usual Suspects. Is that it? Kevin Spacey says it about uh, Kaiser Sose. Oh, really? Yeah. Don't don't clear that up, though. We don't want to spoil that one. <laughs> <laughs> He's being interrogated by this detective about this dude named Kaiser Sose, who's like right. an urban legend. Right, right. And, but Kevin Spacey's terrified of him. Right. So, because well, everyone's terrified. What I'm, where I'm going with this is I'm trying to reconcile the, the stuff starting at a certain point in history. Sure. You know, and maybe on a demonic level, there is effectiveness in the belief and fear that goes with an urban legend. Right. You know, uh, the that's whole- possible. Yeah. So you think maybe this urban legend started and now, you know, demons are saying, ooh, that's a good template. Let's do it that way. Yeah, one crazy demon did it one day. Guess what I did to this one dude? And, and everyone's it like, worked, oh, and the words started Belfort, to get around. That's amazing. I'm going to try that. Right. Know? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, because I, I think about that a lot. You know, a yeah. lot of the time, you know, people talk about, we have uh, people talking about spirituality, uh, sure. other worlds. Uh, we had some great shows here recently with uh, Tim Woolworth talking about mm. other realities, possibly even communicating to the spirit world. Right. And one question that always comes up for me with that is culture mm-hmm. no matter who you are every single animal has some kind of culture every single right. living thing has some weird culture way of interacting and i have a hard time with that with 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 demons you right. know it's like do they do they go to the bar yeah do they do they have you know, their little demon meetings. Right. Is it you like know. good omens? Are I there mean, demons that like make fun of other demons and demons who feel bad about themselves because they're not demon enough? You know, is that me putting too much humanity on them? But it's like if I, I think occultists would tell you that, yes, they absolutely do. And the astral plane is all about, you know, all these demons and spirits just interacting all the time. Yeah, it's it's just a wild wild concept <laughs> it's an interesting about, yeah it's an interesting thing to think about but, but i really think if if we're dealing with black-eyed children that that's what we're dealing with is some sort of 
truly supernatural situation. I agree. A a lot of the stuff we cover on here is uh, fringe science or or the possibility of aliens. None of that I really would consider supernatural. But we talk about ghosts and stuff, too. Ghosts, when you deal with the idea of residual energies and stuff like that, is True. scientific, not supernatural. But in this case, I think we would kind of truly. Well, it's it's grasping at something scientific. Yeah, but then couldn't you just say you know demons are energies from other dimensions or something? I mean, you can, but it's a much further grasp. You know? I guess that salt is on the far side of the table. You're gonna have to ask somebody to hand that to you. That's that's a that's a reach. I'm just gonna put my chin in the soup and reach all the way across. Right, yeah, I, yeah. I don't care. You know, so I don't know. I don't know. You know. So there is one account of a woman who let the black-eyed children in. Oh, great. And great. So it's a very long account. I'm not I'm not going to read it or anything. Paraphrase. The upshot is that what happened is she and her husband let these children in to use the phone because that's what they wanted. They called their parents. There was a lot of weird, like, flickering lights with electronics. The kids were acting creepy and just saying over and over, our parents are coming. Um... That's terrifying. They were getting nosebleeds and dizzy spells while they were there. The kids were seemingly, like, appearing, like, moving around the house without being seen moving around the house. You know, horror movie stuff. Eventually, a car pulled up in front of the house. They didn't see who was in it. The kids got in, and that was the end of it. Except that the husband was diagnosed with melanoma, like, shortly thereafter. Apparently a type awesome. of melanoma that's like associated with over tanning, which is something this guy's apparently never done in his life. The woman says she's been getting that they've both been getting these nosebleeds and dizzy spells since it happened and that she is in the worst condition of her life. And the URL says I encountered the black eyed children and now I'm slowly dying. And that that was sort of the implication was that like some serious clickbait right there yeah i'm i mean yes so this is the only account we have of what happens when you let them in but it's were these the only people that we know that that (laughs) let them in yes the dumbest people in the Uh, world well i don't know you know i think if you were i would let them in to be honest i wouldn't want to see what happens yeah i don't know my wife would let them in she'd be all like oh let me mom you She's mom yeah. to the world, so those are cool eyes. Yeah, totally. Oh, <laughs> those contacts. Yeah, my daughter has a pair of contacts just like those. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> Terry, you know, is the cosplay equivalent of a soccer mom, or at least was when our kids were younger. That's awesome. But uh, yeah, so ultimately, I know I would like to believe this one. I would like this skeptical. one to be real. I want it to be real. It's freaking cool. It's. The coolness factor is part of what makes me skeptical. To be right. Honest. It it's sounds like it was made too much for me. It's like Slenderman. I can't do no Slenderman because it was obviously made for me. It's very similar to Slenderman, although the people who made up Slenderman do not maintain it was real. No, I know I that. Mean, that's, that's but a lot of other of people difference. do. <laughs> True. Yeah, a lot of other people do. So, yeah. you know, sometimes. Well, I mean, look at Whitley Strieber. Whitley Strieber was a um, science fiction writer 
who mm-hmm. later wrote communion and basically claimed that his science fiction writing was part of the trauma and repressed memories right. of his abduction. And communion yeah. has had a ridiculously massive impact on absolutely on all things UFO, especially as it concerns abductions. So. Plus, it's got a Christopher Walken in it, and everybody likes that. True. Ain't no going wrong with Christopher Walken. <laughs> All right, you're listening to Radio Wasteland. When we come back, I'm going to find out what a skinwalker is. Uh, I've heard about him before. I saw a movie called Skinwalkers with uh, Stephen King. I've heard Skinwalker Ranch. And when we come back, I'm going to find out exactly what that is. You're listening to Radio Wasteland. All right, welcome back to Radio Wasteland, and our guest, us, <laughs> as we're talking about black-eyed children before, and now we're going to talk about skinwalkers. Now, this yes. is something that comes up all the time. It seems to be, um, I'm just going to throw out the my layman's understanding of it. Sure. It seems to be a bridge between supernatural and aliens the skinwalker ranch you know i'm not sure it's associated with ufo sightings but i don't Mm -hmm. understand what that has to do with native american spiritualism (laughs) it's a weird hodgepodge of stuff in my head so kind of what is a skinwalker so a skinwalker is basically a werewolf but uh it's to break it down a little, it's a type of Native American shapeshifter. Specifically, it comes from Navajo culture. Um, the idea is that some people who are trained as like healers and shamans get corrupted and do these horrible rituals to gain the shapeshifting power and basically use their powers for evil. In Navajo culture, you are not supposed to talk about skinwalkers. Uh, you're you're not supposed to think about skinwalkers, and they certainly don't like people who aren't now Navajo talking about skinwalkers. So sorry, but oh, it really kind of has entered the the popular consciousness a little bit at this point. Now, why um, is that? Is it a spiritual thing to them, or is it a fear based thing? Or well, there's a couple of reasons. I mean, the reason for outsiders is that basically they don't want people perverting and more significantly like profiting off of their myths, right? Okay, but, that makes uh, sense. Also, skinwalkers are supposed to be able to read minds, and uh, they the, the idea is that, you know, if you go around talking about them, they might take exception to that. I see. Um, and you might draw their attention. Right. So the, they have a slew of terrifying powers, but like black-eyed children, there are a lot of accounts of skinwalkers online, um, many of which are not anonymous. Uh when we had Linda Godfrey on talking about the Beast of Bray Road and Dogman, right. these came up. Uh, she said that she thought that maybe this, like when we asked what do you think these Dogman sightings actually are, this is what she went to, is Skinwalkers. Right. So here's a here's a typical sighting. Okay. For some reason, these sightings always tend to happen on freeways. So these people are on a freeway. We crest the top... Uh, the top of this hill, and down at the bottom of the hill, we see what appears to be a very large dog sitting back on its haunches in the middle of the road, facing the cliffs. My dad calls over the radio, Hey, Trav, do you see that big-ass dog? Travis starts yelling back over the radio, That is not a dog. Speed up right now and hit it. 
He sounds almost hysterical. He just keeps screaming, hit it, you have to hit it, please, please hit it right now. So my dad starts to speed up, and as we get a bit closer, I can begin to see it a little more clearly. It's covered in this brown, wiry, matted hair that appears to have dried blood all over it. It's still facing the cliffs, but the moment our headlights hit it, it turns and looks at it, and it has a face I don't know how else to describe it other than a mix between a bear's and a human's face. It looks twisted and distorted and almost in pain. As we get closer to this thing, we start to realize it's actually huge. Um, though it was still sitting on its haunches, it is about shoulder height with the hood of the truck. We get literally inches from hitting it when it lets out the scream that sounds like someone screaming as their lungs were filling with water, and it leaps backwards towards the field, landing just on our side of the barbed wire fence. Then with another leap, it was gone from sight. More stuff happens. Pretty soon we are speeding like crazy, and just as we start to come near the outskirts of Gallup, we get pulled over. Travis pulls his truck over with us. Naturally, this makes the cop, a Navajo man himself, very on edge, and he immediately asks why Travis felt the need to pull over as well. Travis says, we just saw a skinwalker a few miles back, and it's been following us. The officer immediately turns white, stammers something about a verbal warning, gets in his car, and takes off. We do the same. Huh. So that's a typical skinwalker sighting. Um, they can take the forms of all kinds of animals, but generally, and there's pictures of them too, you know, sort of, I don't know how much stock to put in the pictures, but they're generally described as looking wolf-like, huge, and, you know, wrong in some way, sort of twisted or distorted, maybe with human-like features, just, just weird looking, not like a normal animal. Right. Um, the first sighting in Skinwalker Ranch that gave it its name involved a, a giant wolf-like sort of wolf-bear thing eating some of their cattle. They shot it several times with two different firearms, and it was not only not killed, but was apparently completely uninjured, and it ran away. And this is why Skinwalker Ranch is called Skinwalker Ranch? Yeah, so there were a few other sightings like that, but Skinwalker Ranch has tons of paranormal uh, events of all kinds. But what what gave it its name is the Skinwalker Encounters, and uh, and it's right in the middle of Skinwalker territory. This is something that's very particular to the American Southwest. But and and I'm embarrassed to admit that. But is 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 that where the Navajo are from? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So the American Southwest. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's a wild one. So what's the association with uh, UFOs? Just other paranormal things going on? Yeah, the, the association is not something... Skinwalker Ranch? Yeah, the association is not from the Navajo. The association is basically from Skinwalker Ranch. I that's see. That's why people associate the two, is because Skinwalker Ranch is a, like weird lights and stuff. Right. And it's, for like white people, the most well-known uh, example of Skinwalker legends. You know, it's... <laughs> That's kind of in the popular consciousness. Well, I can see why the Navajo don't want it used because uh, that initial freeway story that you told me is like a great horror film. Right. They're supposed to be able to keep pace with cars. They're supposed to be able to move 600 miles in a night. Yeah. You know. And it would easily surpass the most terrifying thing that's ever happened to me while driving, which is pretty terrifying. Me and my friend Jason were driving to Chico Mm -hmm. down the back roads from Redding. And it's pitch black. Mm. And uh, Jason's driving like 
60 miles an hour down these back roads. Which yeah, is I know those speed. roads. Yeah. And they're, they're a little. And all of a sudden in the blackness in front of us is a large square even blacker than the world around us. That's weird. And at the last minute, he swerves and misses what is a open dumpster facing us where we okay. would have driven into this dumpster at 60 <laughs> miles an hour not always in the middle of a do. black road in the middle of nowhere so skinwalker would outdo that yes for me yeah and they're supposed to chase you they're supposed to not like people seeing them there's some varying theories you know are are these the actual people shape-shifted are they as linda godfrey seemed to believe uh sort of the spirit of this person like projected out and given some form of semi-physical form um right. It's worth noting, though, there's a ton of correspondences between skinwalkers in the Navajo legend and werewolves from the European legends. The They're not supposed to be able to be killed by bullets. The Beast of Gavudan, um, popular werewolf legend, a, a or, though some people think it was just a huge wolf, but in any case, it killed um, uh, 113 people in France in the 18th. Uh, in the 18th century, it was shot several times. It was never hurt until it was finally shot with a silver bullet, which is the origin of that legend. Awesome. Skinwalkers aren't supposed to be able to be killed by anything other than a white ash bullet, a bullet dipped in white ash. So huh. take that for what you will. So I found that um, with um, indigenous, aboriginal folklore in general, mm -hmm. that uh, these situations tend to have purpose. Yes. Or these spirits tend to have purpose. Is there a purpose associated with the skinwalker? Is it associated with... Well, these aren't spirits. That's what makes them scary. They're people. Oh, they're actual physical entities. They aren't entities. They are human beings who have learned to take on this animal form. Oh. That's what's so freaky about them. Right. So, you know, what's the purpose of a human being? But the Navajo consider them to be bad guys. Yes, they... Not good guys. Uh, yes, being a skinwalker is supposed to be... Is the antithesis of everything that is, like, good in Navajo culture. You're not supposed to be a skinwalker. That's a very bad thing to be. Bad to be a skinwalker. All yeah. right. All right. Well, uh, you know, have fun getting to sleep tonight. You've been listening <laughs> to Radio Wasteland. A lot of black-eyed kids, a lot of skinwalkers, a lot of terrifying stuff. Indeed. And if you're at all like me, you have plenty yeah. of stuff to think about to tickle the imagination. Put some Skinwalker Ranch on that salad. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> all right. You've been listening to Radio Wasteland. Welcome back to Radio Wasteland. Next week, coming up, we have Michael P. Masters talking right. about time-traveling UFOs from the future. I like the sound of that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't... I, I think we've talked on here many a time before, and you've pointed out that if you can travel faster than the speed of light, you can mm -hmm. time travel. Yeah. And so his theory is something down the lines that uh, UFOs are not aliens. That okay. they are humanity from the future, and he's coming at it from the angle of um, evolution. That why would they look like us? You that know, makes why sense would to they me. be shaped like us? And right. and that uh, you know, as as humans have evolved from uh, 
from howler monkeys you know our faces have gotten more narrow our heads bigger our eyes bigger so on and so forth and uh you know it's not a bad argument because uh you know i i've always thought it was kind of weird that aliens were hominids yeah exactly um no i can believe it because also why would they be interested in us there are no resources that are unique to earth really right. unless um, life is so unique that we're actually interesting which maybe you know i find it hard to believe that. right i i, I kind of doubt that and every time we find evidence about you know the prevalence of life in the universe it's on the side of life is more common than we think right so so yeah. i don't know time maybe. travelers investigating their own past i wish i could do it yeah, you too. know that would be one of the i have a short list of uh of power wishes <laughs> one of which would be able to go back in time and see not necessarily interact yeah but to be able to travel through time just to see is one of my powers i would like that yeah i would man i can't think of a time period i wouldn't want to visit yeah i mean assuming i could leave at any time yeah i can think of a lot <laughs> i wouldn't want to stay there <laughs> yes you know? but uh yeah this is 16th century great place to visit right you, you yeah, don't want totally. to live there um, if you could have any one superpower, what would it be? Shape-shifting. Shape-shifting? Yeah. Why? Because I can shape-shift into someone with any other superpower. Okay. So you'd be like Siler? Well, he's like stealing superpowers by cutting people's... So you'd be like... Uh, skulls open and taking the brains. The other dude who just absorbed them. Nathan Pirelli. Yeah, Nathan I don't want to have to absorb it, though. You just want to be able to do it. Yeah. But mostly, I just like shape-shifting. In uh, X-Men comics, uh, Professor Xavier has a son named Legion. Yes. Who, uh, Weller, uh, something Weller. And and he has multiple personalities, and each personality has a different power Mm. and can manifest new personalities that have new powers. And every power is what they refer to as Omega level, no matter what power it is that he imagines him having. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good deal to me. I want that, but without the split personalities. I just want to be able to, you know, pull new powers out of my hat. Okay. Now, without pulling comic book lawyer cheating, okay, what power would you pick? Still shape-shifting. Why? For, like, transition reasons. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's your power that you'd pick? Well, you can also use it for a lot of other things. I could use it to impersonate people. Right. I could use it to be a cat be a cat yeah i would be a cat that'd be fun i would be a cat yeah you know if i'm ever tired of paying rent i could just find a household that's cat friendly yeah and just live there for a while spray it and it's yours now (laughs) god (laughs) that's the way these things work i mean (laughs) okay but like yeah that sounds pretty good to me yeah All right, uh, you're listening to Radio Wasteland. Come back next week and listen about time-traveling humans. And until then, do something else.